from time to time during the How Did We Miss That podcast, we may talk about details of crimes that some may find triggering or disturbing. Listener discretion is highly advised. everybody welcome back to how did we miss that i'm christine and i'm john sorry it's a little different we didn't have our intro this week because we're gonna do something kind of different this week kind of different i have kind of short right i have a story that i want to do and it's just taking a lot of time i really want to do it justice i want to research it a lot more than i have been Mm -hmm. and i want to make sure that i have all the right facts and all the right information for all of you because i take it seriously I think it's super important. I want to make sure that the victims get their stories out. I want you all to know accurate information. So we're going to do something a little bit different this week to give a little bit more time for this story because I think it needs the time. So next week, stay tuned. Got a really good story for you. That was a very elaborate way of saying we weren't prepared. No, I'm kidding. No, that's I'm not kidding. it. No, I think it's a fair point. You and I talked about this over dinner tonight as we recorded that we want to make sure we're giving the stories they're do justice. We don't want right. to glorify any bad people. No. And we don't want to make fun of anyone or poke light. I mean, you know, sometimes I joke around or whatever. So we wanted our audience to know this week while we do something really quick that we take this seriously. And, you know, we kind of just didn't have the time this week to dedicate to some, some longer stories. Right. And it's, it's a big thing right now. People are, yes, we make jokes, but it's kind of like a, a defense mechanism. Like the, the things we share, like heartbreaking for a lot of people. Yeah. So I think the comedy kind of helps to soften the blow a little bit. Yeah. Usually <laughs> when the I things that we're talking about. Yeah. Like are not we, so nice. Usually when I interject the what I believe to be humor, the audience may <laughs> feel differently. <laughs> but uh, it's because I'm a little uncomfortable. Right. And of course, we have our mascots in the background shaking their collars and doing all the things tonight. We do. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Well, the point is that what we do is wanting to make sure that these victims get their stories told or people in the stories have the right information out there. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and some of our social media posts have gotten some attention as far as... right. You know, we post the Find It find it Friday or whatever um, mm-hmm. it was called. And yeah, I mean, I feel like we're helping. And we're so trying. We, that's the point. Exactly. And we don't want to just put stories out there that are not going to have a, a good benefit or hopefully help people with something. I don't know. Exactly. That's yeah. my point. So again, I have a good story for next week. I just want to make sure it gets the right time and dedication that I have. Yes. To make sure I have all of the information to give you. Mm-hmm. So this week, we're just going to kind of talk a little bit, just have a chat. Great. I think. Are really you sure? Gonna... It doesn't sound like it's great. Jeez. Oh, it's great for me, but I have no idea what you're going to talk about. And uh, we're going to really put my improv skills to the test here. Oh, okay. It's going to be good. Well, I didn't really have anything prepared to talk about, but there's a couple things going on in the uh, true crime world, if you will. Oh. Hashtag true crime. Yeah. Um, that I kind of want your opinion on. 
I guess. So we talked about Matthew Taylor Coleman last week. Yes. He's kind of a big deal right now going on. And I think it's just on the, the sh- what is it? Shirt tails? Is that what it's called? Coat tails. Coat tails. Thank Shirts you. Shirts don't have tails. Shorts don't have, no, they don't. <laughs> um, of, what's his name? I can't even think of his name now. Matthew Taylor Coleman? No, no, no. Chris Watts. Thank you. Who's that guy? You mentioned him the so other day. So remember. Is that the Colorado guy? Yes. He's okay, the one yeah. that, that murdered his wife, Shanann. Yep. Along with their two beautiful daughters. Yes, I do remember. We watched the thing. We so, did. Yeah. We watched it. Um, disgusting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely awful. Same yes. with Mr. Coleman. Yep. Or, I don't know, a less respectful uh, yeah. way to call him. But anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he's kind of a big deal right now in the true crime world. He's all over the place in everyone's posts. Pictures everywhere. I kind of feel like we're a little bit on the... Uh, we got the jump on a lot of people. Yeah. Um, especially with the residential schools as well. Let the record show. With those were my stories. Those were your stories. Hey, so yeah. very beautiful. So I've got something that's also really big right now. People are talking about it a lot. And it's it's really, um, I guess, like scary. Yeah. Because this could just be anybody. And nobody has any idea what happened to these people. Mm. So I don't know if you've heard about this. There's a couple... And their child and their dog. Oh, appropriate since ours are running around making a ruckus. I'm about to kill them. Yeah. But anyway, they basically were found completely, well, not completely dead. There's no way to be not completely dead. Dead on the Sierra Trail. What's the Sierra Trail? So it's a trail in California, uh, kind of in the Yosemite area. Okay. Is it part of the... It's uh, in Mariposa, California. So Mariposa County. Is it part of the um, Pacific Crest Trail? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know if it's part of the Pacific Crest Trail. I feel like they would have said that if it was. Yeah. But anyway, it's uh, Ellen Chung. Um, she was, I believe, 31, I think. And her husband, Jonathan Garish, who I believe was also 45. Okay. If I can remember. Yeah. Along with their daughter, Miju. And okay. their dog. Unfortunately, dog didn't have a name. What? In these stories. Oh, I have in the story. not. Yeah, I have not found the dog's name. Like they were creative enough to come up with Miju and they don't have a dog right. name? Right. Well, but basically, like I said, they were found dead on the hiking trail and they have no idea what happened to these poor people. Which, you know, I think that happens more than people know. The uh, mysterious death on the hiking trail and a lot of these hikers are living off the grid for months at a time. Sometimes right. it's months before anybody even knows that they were killed or died or whatever. Right. So. Crazy. Basically, what happened was they were reported missing by her brother. Sorry, Ellen's brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and the sheriff at the time, well, now still, I guess this was just breaking just a few days ago. He knew that they had just moved from San Francisco into the area. And their house is actually really close to a really popular trailhead. So it's popular, but it's also super remote. Mm-hmm. So he had just just had this idea that like, oh man, I wonder if this is what's going on. So two in the morning, he drives out to this trailhead, finds their truck sitting there, Mm. decides to hike to see if he can find them. And sure enough, yeah, the whole family, including the dog, just dead. Were they all together? Yeah, they were all together. So basically he, he finds the husband like in a seated position, the babies beside him and then the dog is also there with him and then the wife was just kind of a little bit further up the hill he thinks like they were maybe kind of going back to their truck at the time Mm -hmm. 
there was a cell phone in the husband's pocket, but again, just like normal hiking trails, there's like no cell service out there. Yeah. So they are taking the cell phone for obviously uh, not evidence. What am I thinking? Investigation. They're investigating. Sorry. Wow. Wow. Good one. A little bit. Yeah. Crazy. So they're investigating the cell phone to see if there's any like unsent text messages Mm -hmm. or calls that they were trying to get out. Yeah. Um, But like I said, they have no idea really what happened to this family. So there's a couple theories. One being dehydration because it was like 107 to 109 degrees when they left on that Sunday afternoon. So I didn't tell you this. So I found on Tuesday morning at two in the morning. Um, they had left on Sunday afternoon and there's no, on a hike. I'm guessing now that you're saying dehydration, there's no sign of forced murder or anything? Like No, so that's the thing. There's no signs of trauma whatsoever on these people. Hmm. There's no COVID. gunshots or... <laughs> COVID. Stop. Everybody dies of COVID nowadays. Stop it. So there's no gunshots. There's no blunt force trauma. There's no strangulation. There's absolutely nothing going on that would indicate any kind of foul play, basically. Mm. Yeah. So... They, again, like I said, thought maybe dehydration, but the fact is that, you know, the dog's dead as well. I feel like dogs can get dehydration too. Right. And so I was just about to say, dogs actually go downhill really quickly. So that doesn't necessarily rule it out. But the family had a full, the family had a full like camelback backpack full of water. Hmm. So I'm not sure how they possibly would have dehydrated like I said, it was 107 to 109 degrees on those days. However, yeah. it, it, they had a full backpack. Yeah. So if they were dehydrated, do you think they'd at least take some sips of water if they were thirsty, right? right? Yeah. They are um, researching a possible bacteria in the water. Mm, okay. So that's something that they're really, really focusing on, I think. It sounds like based on the articles that I've read. You have to really clean those camelbacks pretty well. Right, but they're thinking that the water that they got might have been contaminated in some way. There was also some belief that there were some mines in the area. I don't hmm. know. That sounds a little far-fetched to me. What about the mine? Who, How did they just mentioned it? I, I have no idea. There's not a lot going on right now because this is like so brand new. This like is, a mine for gold or like a landmine no, that like blow a, them up? Um, I think more like radiation. Oh, okay. Maybe okay. something like that. Um, but if this was a popular trail, that would have been an issue before. Right, exactly. So there's just a couple things that they're kind of researching at the time. Um, again, the bacteria being the main focus at this point, because like I said, there's absolutely zero indication that there was any kind of trauma going on yeah. in their bodies. Weird. So yeah, it's it's just a little strange. Um, one thing I found really interesting, the sheriff's department, when they found them, they actually had two sheriffs sleep at the site with them before they were airlifted out at 11 a.m. the next morning hmm. to be basically autopsied and to yeah. be investigated. But I thought, like, that's really good police work. They didn't want anybody messing with the site. Yeah. Nothing. So they actually slept there. Like, that's crazy. I feel like they should have stayed awake instead of sleeping through it. But, yeah, I guess. Right. Well, no. I don't know. Maybe they did stay awake. I don't know. They just said they, they slept there that they night. They stayed the night, yes. They stayed the night with the family. Which also I think is, if it were my family, I would like, I don't know, that'd make me feel a little bit better. Somebody's there with them. <laughs> that would creep the F out of me as no, a cop. I don't know. I sleeping. would feel good that somebody's taking care of them. No, I don't what know. I'm saying as the cop, that would creep me out sleeping oh, next to a dead family. I don't know. But as a cop, I think seeing so many awful things every day, that might not be such a big deal. Yeah, I guess. Um, I just want to point out one really interesting fact, though, before we move on. 
this is actually the same area. And this is not, I'm just mentioning this. This has nothing to do. This isn't like a theory, anything like that. But in 1999, serial killer Carrie Stainer actually was killing people in this area, in the Yosemite Valley area. It's just kind of an interesting uh, tie in. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, something already happened in this area. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm kind of on the edge of my seat here to find out some information. They're currently with, I believe they said UC Berkeley. Let me check on that one. I don't remember. That would make sense for that area. Yeah, I believe UC Berkeley, as well as other institutes, are investigating at the time. So I'm interested to see what they find, try to figure out what went on with this family. This is crazy. Yeah, so Carrie Stainer, what was her method? His. His? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Oops. <laughs> you don't meet many dudes named Carrie. Carrie Grant? <laughs> uh, Carrie Hart, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, two uh, that I know of. <laughs> That's funny. It's, oh, I found it. Yes, I'm sorry. It is the Stanislaus County and UC Davis that are working through the toxicology yes. reports. Mm-hmm. I apologize. Again, they're looking for toxic mold at this point in time. Yes. Bacteria. Yeah. Uh, he was at basically a handyman at a hotel. He murdered 42 year old Carol Sund, her daughter, 15 year old Julie Sund and Julie's friend, 16 year old Argentine exchange student, Silvina Peloso. Yeah, but how? It doesn't say. Was it with some kind of mysterious poison that wouldn't show or was it blunt head trauma? You know what? Because that would rule him out. Your theory. I was not. No, I'm I just saying I didn't say it was a theory. I was saying it was just interesting. And that's the area. I, I'm with you. And I think there's something to this. It okay, has well, some you juice. Totally but put me on spot here to, because I don't know. You're a true crime research. Uh, you're right. I, I, I didn't know. Mean I am. I and thought I actually, maybe you knew. I've it's heard okay. about Carrie Steiner, but I haven't done too many, you know major research on him no deep dives into no. the stains i got gotcha. you you don't have to find it now well it's now okay. i feel like i do <clears throat> no i think the audience you're making will me look you. like a total like i don't know the word i'm looking for so N- newbie novice here, here's the thing a lot of people die on hiking trails but not in their car with full packs of water right there's something strange. Something's weird. So I'm very curious. I want to know what the toxicology reports are going to show. I hope they can break into their cell phones, figure out any any kind of indication. If they sent people messages, tried to call out. No other. Anything um, like that. I'm really interested in no that. No other evidence? Like they didn't stick a tube in the exhaust pipe or anything? And Well, no, the truck wasn't anywhere near them. They were a mile and a half away. Oh, they were just Down seated, the trail. seated on the trail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That That's weird. Yeah. Even when you're Something dying, strange of, happened. Even when you're dying of like a bacteria, you don't just stay in a seated position. You'd be like saying. some kind of thrashing or struggle. Right. Yeah. Trying really to strange. stay alive. So I'm really interested. I'm I'm gonna look forward to not look forward like happy. <laughs> yes. It, I want to know if there's answers for this family. I mean, Ellen's brother is just beside himself. Yeah. As you can imagine, I can't imagine losing my family member like that. So, um, yeah, I hope they get some answers. I hope we figure out what's going on. I'm going to obviously try to keep everybody posted if I can. But, yeah, it was just really interesting in the in the world today. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe a suicide. You know, I thought about that at first, too, but there's no signs. There's no strangulation. There's no gunshots. There's no. Yeah, but you I mean, take they a haven't done any poison. Po- exactly. Yeah. They haven't done any, again, toxicology. So we don't know if there was any poison in their system. We don't know if maybe the husband or the wife fed it to everyone 
Yeah. As they went on a hike, I don't know. It was only a mile and a half down the trail. So I can't imagine. I mean, that sounds pretty that's not that plausible. Far. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because um, a mile and a half away from it, that's not that far away from your car. No, not at all. I feel like you could totally get back there. Even if you were dehydrated, you could crawl yourself back. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm really interested yeah. to find out what's going to happen. That's I, a weird one. Yeah. We all have to follow up on that for sure. Absolutely. I will be watching. Well, I just wanted to talk about something because I missed this. Oh. Completely. I had no idea. And, you know, I like to cover art thief theft on this show, apparently. Right. I you covered do. The, uh, you are the art theft master. True crime guy. Yes. Well, I decided for this show and just for my own personal knowledge, because I'm a history dork, I wanted to start following like a this day in history kind of thing. I like it. And so my source is uh, history.com. And they have a thing you can sign up for where they send it to your email this day in history. No way, Jose. <clears throat> Just what I need is another email, but this is interesting. And it's really cool. They break it down like this day in history and politics and sports. And one of them happens to be crime. Amazing. So as we record this, I screwed up and didn't do the day it comes out in history. I'll, I'll fix that for next time. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> but as we record this, it's August 21st. And that was my work phone. <laughs> As we record this, it's August 21st, and in 1911, did you know that the Mona Lisa was stolen from the so, Louvre? I did know that it was stolen. I had no idea when or any kind of information about it, so tell me, please. Well, it was stolen. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but you knew that already. I did. You didn't miss that. I did not miss that. So that's my story. I actually got story. to see Never the Mona Lisa. Oh, really? You've been I to did. the Louvre. I is have. it the Louvre or the Louvre or the Louvre? The way they say it? it is, I can't even say it. Isn't it like Louvre? Like the Louvre part is like not really that pronounced. It's like the Louvre. Louvre. <laughs> Louvre. We were just speaking earlier. I am not French. That the, I am Spanish. So. You got to have a lot of nasal and a lot of <laughs> with the French. Louvre. Right. Yeah. That's going to sound good. That sounds fed great. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's been called the art heist of the century. Oh, so even after the million dollar, millions of dollars heist from the yeah, this is a much Isabella more famous painting, I guess. But yeah, that's true. It is pretty famous. Um, but the caper himself was a fairly rudimentary. It says here, on the evening of August twentieth, nineteen eleven, a small mustachioed man. Oh, <laughs> these are not my words. This is history.com. <laughs> entered the Louvre Museum in Paris and made his way to the Salon Car. Car? Car? I have no idea. <laughs> Where the Da Vinci painting was housed alongside several other master works. Security in the museum was lax, just like well, it was in Isabella Carter sure. many, many years after. Um, so the man found it easy to stow away inside a storage closet. He remained hidden there until the following morning when the Louvre was closed and foot traffic was light. At around 7.15 on August 21st, he emerged wearing a white apron the same garment that's worn by museum employees. Yeah, interesting. He walked right up to Mona Lisa. He plucked her. That's plucked with a P, everyone. <laughs> from the wall. And just carried it off to a nearby service stairwell. Nobody was so, any wiser. Let me um, discuss this for a moment. So I have, again, seen the Mona Lisa. It is so small. Is I, it? I was, was not like even prepared for the smallness of this painting. It's so incredibly small. And then they have you, maybe because of this, so far away from the actual painting that you can barely see anything at all. Yeah. There's people everywhere. So, of course, you can't get anywhere near it. Right. 
But well, it, it's I was, definitely because of this. I was shocked. So it would, it would be quite easy to, <laughs> to just hold it and walk away. Yeah. It's it's pretty small painting. Yeah. So he, uh, like I said, he plucked her and he walked <laughs> to the nearby service stairwell where he removed its wooden canvas okay. from the glass frame. So he just has the... He just has, he just the, has the loose canvas? Yeah. Oh my God. So like most thieves, this guy wasn't that smart. And, thieves. Uh, thieves. <laughs> thieves. What's what? You said thieves. <laughs> like most thieves. Thank you. <laughs> this English guy teacher. wasn't that smart. And uh, when he tried to exit the stairwell into a courtyard, the door was locked and he had no key. Well, yeah. So he placed Mona Lisa now wrapped in a white sheet on the floor and tried to take apart the doorknob. He made a little progress, but then one of the Louvre's plumbers walked by <laughs> and showed up. So rather than That's apprehending job. him, Louvre plumber. I'm the plumber at the Louvre. <laughs> I think it's it's important to note to our listeners that we've had quite a few beers at this moment. No, we don't want to we tell them that we're night. phoning this in. We're not phoning it. I didn't right, say we're fine. phoning it in. We're just being kind of silly. Yeah, we are. It's because we're taking a little break and we Wait. still wanted to put some content. Maybe they'll like this better. <laughs> it is actually a little bit more fun. Georgia and Karen can eat your heart out with your comedy murder show. Well, I don't know about that. Anyway, um, rather than apprehending the the thief, <laughs> the plumber took apart the door thing or opened the door for him and just assumed he was a trapped coworker because he was dressed like an employee. Oh, plumber. And he helped him with the door and said, hey, thank you. And the thief just said, thank you very much and walked away with the Mona Lisa, <laughs> the most famous painting in the world, apparently. Just a few moments later, he just waltzed right out with it tucked under his apron. Nobody was any the wiser. For more than a day, the Louvre staff had no clue that the Mona Lisa had been stolen. How? <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you. Well, please do. <laughs> The paintings were often removed from the walls for cleaning or okay. photography. So passerby took little notice of the blank space where the portrait was usually located. I tell you what, if I'm on vacation and I'm going to the Louvre right? and it's not on the wall. I'm and Mona Lisa's not there. Pissed. It's going to be like the people at Disneyland who were like, I spent my entire vacation to go on into small world. And they're from and the it's South. Closed. <laughs> they are. They're yes. from the South. They're upset. Yeah. The, you know, the Southerners really love a small world. They do love it. The small world. Um, anyway, so yeah, they just walk by and say, oh, I guess Mona Lisa's in rehab today or something. Um, but finally, at around, around noon on Arun? Tuesday, <laughs> following the the thief, the visiting <laughs> artist asked the security guard to track the painting down. See, the artist came in and set up his easel because he was going to paint the painting of Mona Lisa. I guess that's a popular so thing to do. Paint a painting. Okay. Yeah, so he was going to do that. And he's like, wait a minute. It's not here. What's going on? He tracked down a security guard. And the security guard says, oh, let me go try and find it. When he couldn't locate it, what? the museum called the police and began a frantic search. It was only then that the Mona Lisa's glass frame was discovered in the service stairwell. Someone's not doing their rounds. Right? That same a evening, day. a museum official announced the theft to the world. The Mona Lisa is gone, he said. Thus far, we haven't a clue as to who might have committed this crime. You never want to be the security director and have to come out and say that. That means you're going to get fired. Yeah. Somebody's not uh, paying attention. News of the disappearance prompted a public outcry in France. What audacious criminal, what mystifier, what maniac collector, what insane lover has committed this abduction? Oh, my. That's very dramatic. That is very dramatic. That's what the Parisian magazine L'Illustration said. 
A bunch of detectives descended on the Louvre to dust for fingerprints and question witnesses' cars. Steamer passengers and pedestrians were searched at checkpoints and police circulated wanted posters of the Mona Lisa's smile. What year was this? 1911. Oh, so they probably had the cool flappy hats like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. When the Louvre finally reopened a week later, thousands of people came to look at the empty wall where the painting had once hung. That's interesting. So anyway, um, this is an inside job. Did they ever find the... Well, obviously they they did. They found the painting, so... So I'm going to get this wrong because I read a different article than I originally found. But yes, the person took it to like an art dealer or something. And people were thinking like, there's no way this was a professional thief because professionals knew that they could never get away with selling this on the black market. Well, yeah. Just like we said with the Isabella Stewart museum, there's no way that anybody, those paintings are just locked up somewhere because the minute they surface, everyone's going to know. Right. Exactly. So some collector stole it for his own collection or something. I don't know. I wonder if it, mm, Yeah. I was going to say, I'm sure there's quite a lot of collectors who would just not say a word because they want to have this particular painting. But have it where? In a bunker or display it? Because as soon as someone saw it, they would know. That's a good point. But also, I wonder if they would just said it's like a a replica. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, And sold it as an amazing replica. Well, anyway, this guy sent a letter to someone and said, and his name was just um, Leonardo on the letter. (laughs) And he said, hey, I have this painting. I'd like to sell it to you, whatever. And he wanted a hefty ransom for it. Well, believe it or not, even in 1911, they set up a little sting operation. And instead of getting the ransom, he was arrested. He only served seven months of his one-year sentence. One year? And eventually ended up serving in the Italian army. What? He said he was doing it to avenge Italy um, and Um, for Napoleon or something. Some bullshit. I don't know. Okay. All right. But yeah, so he only served seven months and ended up being a soldier and all is all is well. Mona Lisa's hanging back up in her spot. She is. Like it never happened. Or he just he. borrowed it. Oh. Oh. Yeah. You they. should do you they. should do that. That's a good conspiracy. Yeah. Well, I mean, if someone were to paint the Mona Lisa now, it'd have to be gender gender fluid or something. It right? is pretty gender fluid. You is can't it? really Yeah. There's like no specific gender identity going on da vinci did that a lot though right even in the last supper painting isn't there a bunch of people they're not sure if they're men or women Mm, i don't know about that but there's quite a few studies obviously leonardo da vinci i don't know if he was specifically gay but that was kind of a big thing in the art world at that point in time that that humanity is just humanity it doesn't matter whether you're male or female they were very progressive so so enlightened very enlightened. Yeah, it's all about the art, man. So people are, I guess, based on some features that Mona Lisa has, saying that perhaps it was a male modeling as a female. Mm, okay. Um, there's no specific indication. I mean, we all assumed because it's Mona Lisa yeah. that it was a female. But, but does Mona and Lisa mean fe- something in Italian? Like feminine looking dude? No. It's, it's like. Miss Lisa, I guess. Oh, <laughs> I guess Mona's, Mona is the... Mona was my grandma's name. Does it mean oh, Miss? Beautiful. I don't know what it means exactly, but oh. I think it's like a... You're like, just do, you know, there's Donia. No information to Donia me. means like madam. Oh, it does? Yeah, Donia. Oh, you know okay. Anyway, whatever. Anyway. This has been an Italian lesson by am, Christine. <laughs> thank you. Who is Spanish. I'm probably incredibly inaccurate and everyone's going, no, at me in the, yeah. in the uh, radio world. How do you say world? no in Italian? That's what they're all saying. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> with the hand you're gonna yes. have the hand no anyway nobody can see the hand then oh I'm my god we are being very offensive right now 
No, we're not. Anyway. <clears throat> yes, anyway. Um, but I don't remember what I was saying now because you've interrupted me Mona. so many times. No, I, okay. So it's we're not sure if it's a. It's man sort or of a implied woman. based on the name that it was a woman, but people talk about the shy smile, mm. sly, not shy. Sorry, smile going on like yeah. ha ha. You don't know my secret. Yeah, kind like of a little thing. smirk. Yeah, like a little smirk. Exactly. So there's there's all kinds of little theories. You should probably do. I think it's a good one. Should look into that a little. Well, bit. maybe I will. It's a good follow up on this. Uh, yeah. S show. This is very episode. interesting. It's a it's an interesting. Uh, Anyway, ideas. the point being, before I looked up this date in history, I had no idea this painting had ever been stolen and then put back. I did know that it was stolen. No idea. I had no idea any information about it. But So I, I fashion myself to be a history buff, but I don't know a lot of history. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just getting into it. That's interesting. 42 years old, I'm going to learn now. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. It's a good story. So anyway, I plan to, hopefully everyone it kind of enjoys this, I plan to look up this day in history and find the crime section and see what was I going on and see if there's anything cool to talk about great idea all right all right that's my story i guess yeah that was it it was a i think it was interesting yeah this episode was a lot more fun than the other ones <laughs> fine you don't like listening to me and my stories i do but they come you know both of our stories are very prepared usually and this one was just Wait. kind of us chatting yeah i forgot to mention that my source for my story was the san francisco chronicle oh thank you yes i did forget to mention that got it um yeah so Let's keep an eye out on yes. this story, and I'd love to hear more about Miss Mona Lisa. Well, I, I didn't mention the guy's name, and I forgot it now. It's like Vincenzo something. Of course it is. Vincenzo something very Italian. It really was Vincenzo. Right. I just don't know the last name. Pergria? Something. I don't know. Sure. Sangria? Yeah. Sangria. Absolutely. Anyway, yes. I've had quite a lot of that. Oh, boy. At this moment. Wow. No, don't I'm give kidding. away our just secrets. Yeah. All right. Well... <laughs> If you want any more information on these cases, which I promise you will post on social media <laughs> at how did we miss that? And until next week, keep your head up and look out for each other. <laughs>